Hey, everybody. Here at Keep Talking Podcast, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a health or fitness-related episode because I'm a personal trainer in my spare time, and I'm a total health and nutrition nerd, and I think it's very important for you to focus on your health and nutrition and fitness as well. Now, a lot of Keep Talking's audience is non-native English speaking, and the language in these episodes is often advanced English, but... I'll make sure that I speak clearly and concisely enough for all non-native speakers and, of course, native speakers to understand. All right. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello, everyone. All right. In this episode, I'm talking about stress. How much stress is a good thing? Now, here, I'm actually talking more about physical stress than the kind of stress you might be thinking of. Well, I shouldn't even say that because when most of us think of stress, we're thinking of, Oh, you know, I have too much work, too many things to do, I'm overwhelmed, you know, um, these kids are driving me crazy, whatever, right? In this episode, I'm talking about a form of stress, well, I'm talking about the word hormesis, okay? And I didn't want to put it in the title because, like, it just kind of, like, throws people off. Like, who the heck, especially if you're not, like, a total fitness and health nerd, who the heck is going to listen to a podcast episode titled hormesis, you know, like 10% of the population knows what that word means. But essentially what it is, is you can almost think of it as it's like the quote, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Okay. So it's a low dose of something, some sort of a, a, a stress on the body that is good for you in the right dose okay you know they have other sayings like the dose makes the poison right so anytime if you put something into your body or do something to your body that could be bad or quote-unquote poisonous it's really all about the dose typically how much of it you receive now obviously this is like this is a a gray area here you know like i'm not i'm not recommending that anyone go have any dose of like rat poison or something like that okay like don't be stupid but um by the way this is probably where i should do my medical disclaimer and say that i'm not a doctor I can't give you medical advice blah 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 should have done that right at the beginning but anyway um, so this idea of hormesis okay hormesis is essentially exposing our body to any form of stress and I'm going to talk about the numerous different forms this comes in uh, and getting a benefit from it Oops, excuse me, technical technical difficulties and speaking difficulties. Okay, now it's really funny because like, you know, when you go to try to figure out the definition of this, it's like, even the Wikipedia definition is tricky. Like, what is hormesis? A characteristic of many biological processes, namely a biphasic or triphasic response to exposure in increasing amounts of a substance, blah, 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 blah. And then on like the National Institute of Health, they call it a dose response phenomenon characterized by low dose stimulation and high dose inhibition like I didn't even get the last but like high dose inhibition like whatever okay anyway um, let's talk about the forms of hormesis the forms of this stress that are supposedly good for us like what can we do to promote these these adaptations by putting our body on a, under a certain type of stress well the one that a lot of you may do without even realizing it that it's a form of hormesis is exercise okay exercise what you're doing is you're putting your body under temporary stress and you are getting a an adaptation response now the key is to do it in the right dose and this is something that's become really really key for me kind of in my journey my wellness journey so to speak is learning at least what i think is the right dose of exercise for me because it differs for all of us it can actually differ depending on like what stage of life you're at and what else you have going on in your life because we all have what we might think of as like a stress bucket what are I mean by that so like we have all these things in our life that might cause us 
you know, mild amounts of stress at given times, right? Maybe your work causes you a lot of stress. You know, maybe you have young children who, as much as you love them, obviously they cause you stress. Maybe you have, uh, you know, maybe are doing some form of intense exercise to prepare for something, some, you know, event, uh, competition, whatever. Um, maybe, maybe you've been ill, you know, illness is a form of stress on the body. Like there's all these different forms of stress and essentially it's probably not good to really turn up the stress and like do super intense exercise when you already have high levels of stress in another area of your life. Okay. Um, so that's why this can kind of vary over time. It's not just the same with every person. And, and obviously I think that, you know, we increase our capacity to deal with certain stress in all of these areas. Like obviously, I mean, it's kind of hard to get like concrete research on this, but obviously someone who's done a lot more of one form of exercise than another person is going to be able to handle more, you know, higher doses of it without overdoing it, so to speak. Because I am a believer at this point that overtraining, particularly as it relates to exercise, does exist. And I think that I'm one who throughout the first, you know, well, I mean, I started exercising a lot when I was like 18 years old. I think for the first like 10 or 12 years of that, up till the point where I was like 30, basically, I was overdoing it in general. I mean, I think I was, I had periods where I was exercising like an hour and a half per day, fairly intensely, like lifting weights for, you know, an hour, then going for like a four mile run, you know, like almost every day. And it's just, it doesn't matter how young and healthy you are. I think it comes to a point where that's that's overdoing it um unless you are doing every recovery thing you can do correctly getting great amounts of sleep and eating incredibly well which i wasn't necessarily doing all the time um anyway so with all of these things there tends to be a a you know a proper dose for us and it's funny i you know i talk about dosing because you know technically micro dosing with things like you know psilocybin psychedelics and other substances can be considered a form of hormesis as well now that's a whole other episode i'm not going to go into a lot of the, you know micro dosing whatever um homeopathy i think that's what they call it homeopathy we're using using certain um you know chemicals in low doses to well, I guess homeopathy is kind of a different thing. With that, you're kind of teaching the body to heal itself, as I understand it. But anyway, um, <laughs> okay, I know I'm not doing this in any like particularly great order, but let's just go there now. So, like, what about like alcohol, for example? Um, you know, you know, if you listen to this for a while, that I haven't drank alcohol for like the last year and a half, or even more now. Um, but alcohol, by some people, will will be considered a type of toxin, so to speak. Uh, a, a substance that theoretically when used in the right small doses can have hormetic effects can be beneficial okay um, it's funny like well how do they quote it in this one article it's like alcohol is believed to be hormetic in preventing heart disease and stroke uh, although the benefits of light drinking may have been exaggerated <laughs> that's what I always feel too there's those people that are like oh yeah I have one beer per night because it's good for my heart <laughs> well eh, maybe I mean I think like maybe a a glass or two of red wine per week might be actually like a actually like a better idea i don't know it's it's a gray area but i definitely like if you were trying to be like as healthy as possible and live as long as possible and you were going to go either one beer per night or zero beers ever i'm guessing that zero beers ever is going to be more beneficial but then we also have to look at like the um just the social aspect of it because this is a real thing like for longevity and health our social connections are 
more important than a lot of this nerdy, you know, physical fitness stuff, so to speak. So anyway, just another thing to consider. Um, but okay, back to some of the main stuff here. What else can cause, you know, beneficial hormesis? Well, we've heard about heat exposure and cold exposure, okay? Things like sauna, um, also cold exposure. People are doing all sorts of cold plunges and ice baths these days. For me, I just like an occasional kind of cold shower and to get outside in Minnesota in the um, you know, in the winter, uh, a decent amount. And, you know, I do some sauna every now and then for heat exposure. But um, what was I going to say? I guess the, the really the big question, though, becomes like, at what point is it too much? You know, and I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to measure this. I mean, I think we can kind of feel it. You know, we have to learn to intuitively listen to our bodies. You know, with exercise, you can tell when you're overtrained, just if you're overly fatigued, if you're so fatigued that you're not sleeping well, even though you think you should be because you're dead tired, right? You know, if you're losing your appetite, if you're having other physical symptoms, whatever they may be, if you're hurting yourself, if you're just sore all the time, it's a sign that you're overtraining. Now, as far as like cold exposure and heat exposure, I mean, I suppose like frostbite and hypothermia would be like the signs that you've overdone it with cold exposure and heat stroke would be the sign that you've overdone it with heat exposure, but you don't want to get that far, you know? Um, so, I, and it's, it's hard to like find research out there that says like what exactly is the right dose? You know, we kind of have to be, be smart with this stuff. Um, you know, and essentially with what things like this are doing, you know, cold exposure and heat exposure and some of the things I'll talk about next is they're, they're teaching our cells to respond a lot of it is improving the way our cells work the way our mitochondria work okay the mitochondria are sort of like the powerhouse of the cells now um, we could talk about you know the heat exposure generating heat shock proteins the cold exposure you know helping us produce uh, uh, activating brown fat things like that I've probably talked about that in other episodes but anyway the point is what we're doing is on a cellular level these stresses are supposedly making our body and our cells either kind of rejuvenate in a way or be more efficient in a way, okay? And another one you'll hear about is dietary restriction, either caloric restriction or intermittent fasting. And I think I've done other episodes on that before. Now, how much of it is too much? Well, once again, like you can't fast forever, okay? You can't not eat forever. If you don't eat for long enough, you will die. This is what happens. Now, most of us are not even close to having that problem in the real world or in the modern world. I mean, in the modern world, we have an obesity problem, which causes way, way more, um, you know, uh, negative health effects than, uh, than dietary restriction, caloric restriction, at least in what I'll call the first world. You know, I know malnutrition is still a big problem in a lot of countries, but it's not nearly as much here in the U.S., for example, as obesity is, okay? So these are some examples, uh, you know, challenging uh, brain activities can also actually be a form of hormesis. This is a good one. Okay, so there was one study that showed, like, that video games, they're counting video games as a form of hormesis just because it showed that, you know, I guess the people who played video games really did see a lot of, what, kind, what was it, like memory benefits, problem-solving benefits, things like that. Anyway, the point is, point is video games are the right type of stress for you sometimes. Um, and then, I mean, things like they talk about how breath work can uh, be a good, a beneficial form of hormesis through what we call intermittent hypoxia. So a lack of oxygen kind of, you know, intentionally generated by 
either things like box breathing, where you inhale for four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, hold again for four seconds, etc. Um, so these are all of you know a lot of different ways that you can you can get into hormesis and have a hormetic effect, essentially make yourself stronger in the long run with a low dose of something that is a stress on your body. Now, it's, uh, you know, they they talk about, you'll hear this with like inflammation. It's the same way, they, they talk about stress the same way they talk about inflammation. So inflammation is like a buzzword now. Inflammation in the body is bad or, you know, like chronic inflammation. I swear, like I hear this all the time. I'll go on like Instagram since I follow a lot of like wellness people and like freaking first post I'll see is like the solution to chronic inflammation or something like that. Everybody's talking about chronic inflammation nowadays. But the thing is, is that chronic inflammation is supposedly bad, whereas acute inflammation, like if you have an injury or an infection, is actually a good thing. We need it in order to fight the infection. Uh, it's an immune response. Now, uh, same thing with acute stress or chronic stress. Chronic stress theoretically is not good. If we have constantly elevated cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, that's bad for the body. But some of this acute stress, like these hormetic stressors, can be good things, right? Um, and like I said, it's kind of just, it's all about finding the right dose. I mean, a lot of this stuff is is anti-aging in a way. And, you know, as I went through, kind of was like researching for this episode, it was one of those where I'm like, well... I don't necessarily come, there's not like some big bang conclusion at the end where it's like, oh, do this exactly every day and you'll, you know, you'll get the best benefits, the most anti-aging benefits, the physical fitness benefits, like there's not like an exact blueprint for this. And I think you'll see like a lot of biohackers, so to speak, like me out there who are doing a lot of these things, but but sometimes like we don't really know what we're doing. We're kind of like, we're just messing around, like trying stuff out and anecdotally telling you how our bodies feel afterwards um which is fine i mean i think i think there's value in that you know as long as none of us are like doing it to at the point where it's too extreme and it's bad for us which can happen obviously like i don't see an issue with any of this because ultimately a lot of times with fitness and health the things that we do are you know essentially it's anecdotal okay we can't base everything on some incredible scientific study that used a whole bunch of actual human subjects just because they usually it's usually it doesn't exist really right so we have to try things out for ourselves especially since everyone's body is different now the funny thing this was this is hilarious um i mean i guess maybe not i don't know but like talking about like studies so there's this one study that showed i guess there was this um was it in Taiwan, they said, where there was this, like, chemical thing? What happened? There was, like, on accident, like, a group of, like, a thousand people, I think it was. Don't quote me on any of this. I read this and didn't, like, write down the details. But, like, like a thousand people were exposed to this, some form of ionizing radiation. And ionizing radiation is, like, the bad radiation, okay? This is, like, you know, the type of radiation you'd be exposed to if there was, like, a nuclear accident, right? Um, I mean, theoretically, like, I think all the radiation, like, UVB radiation from the sun is, I think, ionizing, I think. But anyway, the non-ionizing radiation is the radiation that is uh, that we don't have to worry about, so to speak. This is another rabbit hole, by the way. And then the ionizing radiation is bad for us. But anyway, apparently all these people were exposed inadvertently to this ionizing radiation. Um, and I think it was based on their work environment. And they were exposed in a, in a certain small dose, like totally on accident. But the thing is, apparently they did this massive study on these people 
and actually it like greatly reduced their risk of of cancer i don't remember like what type of cancer but like essentially the theory from this study that they did on this people on the, in this group of people who this they were accidentally exposed to this it suggested that a low dose exposure to this form of ionizing radiation actually like greatly reduced their cancer rates and improved their health in that way now like i said and and, and once again this is like I, I read this in a random article i didn't get that many details and you know don't go out there and expose yourself to like nuclear waste in small doses because i told you this like don't do that but i'm just saying it's it's really interesting because like when i first was thinking about hormesis i was thinking about like i wasn't thinking about it in terms of like toxins you know because when i started looking into the definitions of like what is hormesis and how this works it's it's talked about how it's a it's a stress or a toxin it's it's low dose exposure to a stress or toxin and like the word toxin to me it just it it rings differently than stress like when i hear stress like okay exercise cold exposure heat exposure you know calorie restriction like yeah those are forms of stress but then like when i hear toxin well yeah i think like poison you know i think like oh you know the chemicals in the air nuclear waste all the pollution we have i mean like is this to suggest that like that maybe I'm in a good position because I live in a city that's not the most polluted in the world. Like it's not Beijing, Minneapolis. You know, like we certainly have some air pollution and some issues, as any city definitely does. But like, does that mean that it's better for me than if I lived way out in the country because I get like low dose pollution? Like I don't know. I just I found that interesting. And once again, it's kind of hard to like to really study a lot to figure out like, well, wait a minute. So are you saying yeah that like? you know, uh, yeah, exposure to all of these toxins in small doses can be good for us. I don't know, um, but I found that really interesting. So I, I don't really have an answer for that, and I certainly haven't gone far enough down whatever rabbit holes may exist to try to figure that out. Um, but again, um, just this idea of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you know, this idea of hormesis, I think it's, it's important for all of us. The message I want to deliver at the end, just to sum things up, since I know this has been kind of a nerdy topic, but is with everything that we do uh, that we think is going to put our body under a little bit of stress, but we're going to get a benefit from it, like, you know, exercise. I'm sure most of you probably do some form of exercise. Um, if you were to do dietary restriction, calorie restriction, intermittent fasting, cold exposure, heat exposure, whatever it may be, all of this stuff. Um, just really try to be mindful of what is the right dose for you because it's different for all of us and I think we can kind of feel it, you know, like you'll feel it when you do certain things for a while and you notice improvements. Like with, with exercise, it's, it's fairly easy to tell after a month or so, like if you start a new routine, it's like, okay, is, am I doing the right amount? Well, the, the question you have to answer is like, is it working? Like, am I seeing progress? Am I getting better, stronger? Am I feeling better? Is it working or is it not working? Because if it's not working, it could be one of two things. It could be that the dose is too low, you need to ramp up the intensity, or it could be that it's too high and that you're overtraining. And there is a right dose, in my opinion, I believe, to all this stuff. And same thing with cold exposure, heat exposure, intermittent fasting, and all, all that stuff. Um, and it's it may be a little trickier in those areas to figure out, like, you know, yeah, what, what is the right amount or dose for me? Uh, but just, just be mindful of that. These are fun things to play around with if you're into health and fitness. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I've, I've, I think, um, the point has been made, figure out the right dose of stress, quote unquote, for yourself and go from there.
All right. That's all I got for today. We'll talk again soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's all make health and fitness a part of our daily